Hey everyone, it's Jamie. I am bringing you a new episode today. It is a day late. I am sorry about that. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a little too much fun on my birthday. Long story short, didn't tie my shoes, ended up falling, and fractured my arm in three places. So I've been a little preoccupied with pain and not really focused on the podcast at the moment. So, but I wanted to get you guys something. So this episode is going to be a little different today, but hopefully it will be entertaining and I hope that you guys enjoy it and let's just jump right into it. Okay. So I've mentioned many times on these podcasts that you guys can leave me messages and it's, it's like the most awesome thing ever. And I had somebody who asked, who, who sent me a message. I love when I get these messages, you guys. It's so awesome. I feel, I get all giddy. Uh, who asked if, because the recording is only about a minute. And she sent me two of them, asked a couple of questions, and then said, if I give you my email address, can you email me so I can ask you these questions? <laughs> and I said, Sure. So she, you know, well, she gave me the email address. I didn't respond to, I mean, I said sure as I'm listening to the message, but there I go, just getting off track. But so she sent me, she told me her email address. I wrote it down. I did write down a couple of the questions that she had and it was really awesome. And I thought this would be kind of a fun and this is actually a really easy episode for me to do right now uh, in my current situation with my arm. So yeah, we're going to do a little Q&A for you today. So the first question that she had was, um, she had, she had mentioned, uh, you had spoke about your biological dad and I was wondering, you know, if you would be able or willing to tell us what happened to him. What's the story there? And she did go on to say she understands that it's not paranormal. She she said, you know, I know it's not paranormal. I know it's not about ghosts or anything. But I am curious because you did say that he was, you know, that he was dead, that he, he died. And how did that happen? And I thought, you know, I could talk about that for a minute. Not a horrible thing. So I'm going to tell you guys like kind of a nutshell version, or at least I'm going to try to make it nutshell. So, all right. Here we go. My biological dad was uh, murdered. He was beat to death. And he was beat to death by two men. And the whole thing was over a woman. And anyone who's curious, the woman was not my mom. I just want to throw that out there. So my dad had been seeing this girl for a while. Um, They were supposedly engaged. Uh, She ended up going to a party at... at the house, at this house. Um, and it it was just four people. It was the, there was two men, uh, Elijah and David, and then there was her and another woman. And the other woman was Elijah's wife and, uh, David's sister. And she was sitting there partying with them, you know, they're drinking, doing whatever. My dad knew that that's where she was and had ended up going over there and asking her, to leave, you know, come with him, you know, let's, let's go. But she, she didn't, she wouldn't. So he did leave. And 
I'm not 100% sure at that point if she was hiding or not and they were acting like she wasn't there or if she was just like, no, I'm not going. I want to hang out here, whatever. I don't know about that, so I can't and I won't speculate on it. But I do know that later on, he ended up going back. And I don't know if it was after midnight, before midnight, whatever time it was, it was either October 9th or October 10th in 1986 when this happened. He ended up going back over there uh, later on to try to get her to leave. And she was at that point hiding in a closet or hiding in a room somewhere. She was hiding with the, the guy named David. And Elijah was telling him, no, man, she's not here. You know, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. And invited him into the house and was like, yeah, see, she's not out here. You should probably just go, you know, it's, it's not even worth it, whatever. And I, here's my thing. I'm going to tell you how it was reported and how it was said in court cases and everything of what happened. And then I'll tell you my thoughts and something else. But um, it's said by Elijah that then my dad picked up a bottle and I don't know if the bottle was full, if it was empty. I have no idea, but he picked up a bottle and he hit Elijah over the head with it and I'm assuming the bottle broke you know cut his head or something and he said now you're gonna get blood for this and started the physical altercation you know like that's well I shouldn't say started but that's what started the fight was when he'd done this and so they start beating each other up and they're fighting with each other and his wife Elijah's wife then is yelling at David to do something and to help help Elijah and you know to to go and and you know do something about this go go get, and get involved in the fight basically and so he does and at one point the fight moves from the house to outside and this is two on one let's let's remember that and so these women are watching this fight happen. They're outside. They're they're beating him. He's to the point now where he's not really moving on his own. And a neighbor said that he heard the commotion. He heard the fight and looked out the window and saw them, you know, beating him, punching him, kicking him. There was, from what I read, I remember in a uh, that there was like a, a branch that was used to hit him like a tree branch and if anyone from the 80s is familiar like or if anyone is familiar with furniture from like the 70s 80s that kind of stuff you know what I mean by a, a couch leg they were like those big long wooden legs that you would like screw into the bottom of the couch I don't know if it's 100% true but somebody did say that there was like a piece of furniture used and that's what I'd heard at one time is that it was a leg of a couch um, and then his shoe fell off and they like hit him with his own shoe and everything, but they ended up dragging him over to a neighbor, like another neighbor's, uh, yard or driveway. And they continued to just beat him and punch him and kick him. And there was a lot of kicking and there was a lot of stuff happening in the, with the head. And the neighbor who saw them do this thought, oh, this is just normal. You know, they're always partying over there. Sometimes there's always a fight, you know, and literally just like, eh, they'll wear themselves out basically and went back to bed. 
like completely ignored it. Didn't call the cops, didn't nothing, just completely ignored it and moved on with his life. And, but he did say that he could hear my, my dad. He could hear him yelling. If you let me go, I'll leave. If you let me go, I'll leave. And so at some point they stopped fighting with him. They went back in the house. Well, and I think, and now here's where I get a little cloudy because I've heard one thing from one person, one thing from another, but it was a matter of, they knew right away that they were going to be in trouble and they were like, Oh crap. Okay. We got to get out of here and ran, but they didn't know that he was dead or they didn't like, I don't know if they knew if he was dead or alive, but they just knew that they were going to be in trouble. So they ran, they ran somewhere. Uh, but again, I don't know. I've, I've heard conflicting stories on that, but I do know that they weren't arrested right away because they had to be fine found. So I'm assuming that there's some truth behind that, but I just don't know how much truth. And so, yeah, moving forward, uh, the, the neighbors, the people whose, uh, yard driveway that they drug him to, and he was laying there, um, get home and it's late at night and they get home. And as they're pulling in there, they notice that, wait a minute, there's somebody laying in our driveway. You know, this, this isn't right. And they had gotten out and noticed that this person is beaten up really badly, um, not really responding to them. So they called the police right away. And that's when the police got there. Now, he then, like, well, and of course, ambulance and everything. At at that time in Vermilion, we didn't, like, really have, like, there were, there were, there were, like, funeral homes and that kind of stuff. But I remember hearing from someone at that time, you had to be pronounced dead at a hospital. And so it said that he was then transported to a hospital. And at 4.30 in the morning on October 10th, 1986, he was pronounced dead. And I have, you know, a copy of the autopsy report and everything. And it was very, very clear to them that this was a homicide and the cause of death was severe brain trauma. So that's, I guess, the best nutshell version that I can give to people about that. There's a lot about the whole situation that made me very upset and still to this day makes me upset. Now, granted, at the time that this happened, I was only like three. Well, not even three. I was, it was right before I turned three. So... I mean, yeah, (laughs) I wasn't there. I can't get mad about it in that moment. But after learning about it, after reading and after talking to people, it made me, that's when I became mad. And I had a lot of questions. Like, first off, why was nothing done to the neighbor who decided, yeah, it's normal. I'm just going to let this go. I hear a dude yelling, if you let me go, I'll leave you know, begging to be let go, begging for this to end. I'm just going to go to bed and act like nothing's happening. And there's two women standing by watching this happen. 
why weren't they charged with anything? And especially the one now I've heard this from a couple people. And of course I really don't know how true it is, but it seems believable to me that the girl that he was dating, this Angie had already watched literally the same thing happen to a previous boyfriend. Like, hello, uh, are we not going to do something about that? They, uh, I feel that they should have been charged with something, maybe not as severe as the guys because they didn't actually partake in this, but they were bystanders. They were involved in this too. Like they were accessories in it, in my opinion. But of course you can't go back and change history, you know, but if anyone is curious about it, um, or would like to hear a little bit more there online, you can find the appeals that these men filed and their account of the story. It kind of the same thing that I just told you, but, um, they were both denied, you know, their, their appeals. They were like, yeah, no, you guys got a fair trial. There's nothing was messed up. No, you're fine. And, um, they were sentenced to like the minimum sentences of what you could have been sentenced to at that time. Um, David is David Jakes is the one who ended up getting the sentence of first degree manslaughter but he was only sentenced to 35 years, which is the minimum amount of time. He did spend some time in prison and then was released on parole. And because of a parole violation for absconding, he was put back in prison. And then at the 20 year mark after, you know, his conviction, then he was up for eligible for parole again. And he was able, and he actually was granted parole that time. He was granted it wasn't denied. And I was at that parole hearing. And that was not a, uh, that was not an easy day, but I'm glad that I was there and I was able to say what I needed or wanted to say. So, um, Elijah was sentenced, I think to like second degree, it might've been manslaughter, might have been murder. I can't remember, but it was second degree something. And he was only sentenced to 10 years and only had to serve. Like, I think he ended up only serving like five Maybe, maybe five. I can't tell you for sure. Um, but I do know that at one point in time, I ended up running into him. And I was like a preteen, early teenager, something like that. And he did, I knew who he was. I knew exactly who he was. Um, the craziest thing about the whole thing is I was actually like best friends with his son. He had a son my age. And... I, we, we got along wonderfully. So, and there were a couple people that thought, oh my God, this is weird. But then there were quite a few other people that were like, I'm glad that these kids aren't being, you know, it, it's not like people are trying to make it out like, oh my God, she should hate him because of what his dad did and that type of thing, because he didn't do this. He had nothing to do with it. But getting off track here. Uh, he ended up telling me years later. Now he has since he recently passed away. So he is dead now. Um, but years and years ago, like I said, I was like preteen, maybe early teenager. And I ended up seeing him and he ran into me and he 
stop me. And he said, you know, I know I'm probably the last person you want to hear from or talk to, but I have to tell you this. And he told me that my dad didn't actually start the fight, that he was provoking him, that he was getting him riled up, that he pushed him, that he he laid hands on him first. And like, that was his like, okay, leave me alone type defense was hitting him with that bottle. And of course they left that out because it would, they were, they were trying to go for self-defense. Like that was, he was trying to go for, I started beating him in self-defense. And the reason he got the lesser sentence is because they did prove that he was not the, he was not the cause of his death. Like the injuries he inflicted on him, albeit they were not fun injuries and they were serious injuries, but they were not life-threatening injuries. And, but because he did end up dying and he was involved in this fight, that's why he was charged with what he was charged with. And, um, again, I don't know how true that is. I don't know if he was saying that because he felt guilty and he was just trying to like, okay, I don't want you to think that it's not okay to be mad type thing. I really, I honestly, I don't know what his thought process was. And at that time I kind of was like, I I don't care. You know, I was in a, I was really moody about that. At that point, I went through a lot of transitions in my, my attitude about what has happened. (laughs) Um, and at that time it was really difficult, but being a teenager is difficult. So, but I I do remember him telling me that and I, I did, the more I think about it at that time, kind of bring me a little bit of peace, but then in the same token, I don't know how true it is. And I don't know if it's something I can actually, you know, believe and, and base that thought off of. And regardless of who started a fight or how it started or who did what first, the fact of the matter is it went too far. And it shouldn't have went that far. And he should still be here. But because of their actions, because of their choices, he's not. And that's kind of nutshell version, I guess. That's kind of nutshell version, guys, of what happened to my dad. Um, There's really not a whole lot about it online, obviously. I mean, it happened in 86. And it was kind of like open and shut case, if you will. Yeah. I mean, there, it wasn't like there was some big, huge investigation and some huge manhunt. So they're really, and it's not like it's unsolved. It's not like it's a cold case. I mean, it was wrapped up fairly quickly. So there's not a whole lot online that you can find about it, but you can find, like I said, you can find their appeals online. Like when they, um, tried to appeal their conviction and, so if you, if you want to, and you want to search Martin Gray, Gray with an A, by the way, um, it should bring that up. Like just, yeah, Martin Gray, South Dakota, 86, you know, if you, if you really want to read their appeals and why they were feeling and what they were saying, that, that should bring that up. Okay. I, we had to move on from that subject cause I could, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> I could. Um, but we're gonna, 
move on. Some of she had a couple other questions and they were kind of fun. They were kind of cool. Her next question was, uh, what is the scariest experience that you've had with a ghost or a spirit? Um, I honestly, I'm, I, I would have to say the hat man or the shadow man. And I did a whole episode, uh, on him and you know, the people who have seen him or, you know, the experiences that they've had with him and a little bit more about him and what people think. And, um, I think that's the one. I really do think that that's the scariest one that I've, that I've ever had. You know, I've had very few, I think maybe like three instances that would be considered like sleep paralysis. But I, I, I mean, I've never had that before and I don't have it often. It's not like a normal occurrence. So when those happened, it was a little scary. I, I mean, it was because you can't move and you're seeing things and you're hearing things and it, it it's very, very scary. Uh, but a part of me, you know, like, I don't know, was that actually like a paranormal experience or was it just like a sleep paralysis where your mind is, it's going to be scary anyway, because it can't, you're, you shouldn't be awake. You're sleeping, you know? And so that aspect of it is scary enough, but I was able to get over that quickly, I guess. Well, maybe get over it isn't the right word, but, but the hat man, that, that shadow man that I saw, that one was definitely for me it's the one that stands out in my mind as the scariest I still I still turn on a light when I go into a dark room because I don't want to see him again I don't look into the room I just like feel for the light switch and I flip that on before I walk in there because I don't want to see him again that's how scary that was it was not fun it was not enjoyable and it's something that sticks with it stuck with me and it's still in the back of my mind uh the feelings that I had and the sheer panic that I felt trying to process what was going on and there literally was no logical explanation for it that for me was that was I think the scariest one definitely and then which leads into the next one what is the most wholesome and and she has wholesome by the way in in quotes what is the most wholesome paranormal experience you've had or you know a ghost encounter that you've had and I really like how she worded that uh I like to believe those are the moments where you can't really explain why something happened or why you saw something or heard something, you know, or you, you, you have those phantom smells. I like to believe that those are probably the wholesome ones and you don't feel scared and you, you just feel there's like, there's something different, the feeling that's involved with them. And it kind of reminds you of, it's like a loved one, like someone that you've lost that you've been missing or something, just letting you know, Hey, I'm still with you type thing like that's what I like to believe and I've had quite a few of those I think the the one that stands out to me the most though that I remember the most if you want to like if you would consider it wholesome uh, a few years ago my my grandma Marie who was my dis- my biological dad's mom 
who is now past, so my late Grandma Marie, was coming to my apartment for the weekend um, to hang out with me and the kids. It was Easter weekend, too, and my Uncle Bruce and his wife Cindy were coming. They were bringing her up, and we were just going to spend the weekend together. Um, We hadn't seen each other in a while, and they hadn't been to my, my place, and so they just wanted to come and visit and it was great. And I was excited about it. And my mom had stopped over because she had wanted to see my grandma too. She, she hadn't seen her in a while and she wanted to visit with, with grandma Marie and say her hellos and give her a hug because that's, I mean, this woman was amazing and a lot, everyone who knew her just, they, they loved her cause she was great. She was, and I know everyone says that about their grandmas, but she definitely, she was, she was a great woman. Uh, I love thinking about her. I love remembering her. It's very hard because she meant a lot to me, but I found it so much easier when I think about her just to think about all of the love and yeah, I'm getting off track. So go back to, to this, this time from years ago, but they were getting ready. They were on their way to see us and it was, it was a lot of fun. I was sitting there. We were anxious. My mom is over there visiting with me and we, she had mentioned something about grandma and what a wonderful person she was. And she was just, she was basically just making those comments about how she was excited. She couldn't wait. She was like, Oh, I, th- I come over. I thought they'd be here by now. I wanted to give Maria a hug. And, uh, we were sitting in my living room and the kitchen, you could get into it. There was a, an open like archway doorway into the kitchen. And then there was one on the other side from the hallway, but I had my trash can up against the end of, it was, uh, the end of the, the wall, I guess. Yeah. It was on the wall cause, um, in the kitchen and it was close to the entryway into the the archway into the uh the living room and it sounded like my mom was talking about my grandma and we were talking about her and then somehow my dad got brought into the conversation and how proud she was of of all of us and how proud he would be and how happy he'd be that we have like this relationship and stuff basically just like good things is what she was talking about and the garbage can it sounded like someone kicked it but it like moved, it like moved closer to us. And we were just kind of sitting there like, wait, what, what was that? And it was just, it was really weird. Cause we both kind of looked at each other and we looked over cause we knew exactly where that sound came from, what it was. And we just thought, oh my gosh, that was weird. And it was almost as if like somebody was coming around the corner and didn't know that it was there coming around the corner of the kitchen to go in there and they kicked it by accident and so we both just kind of stopped and looked at each other like oh my god wow that's weird now my mom had a necklace on and something you have to understand about my mom is she rarely wears necklaces they have to be you know so long they have to be because she doesn't like things that are like tight around her neck which I that's must be where I get that from um and she happened to be wearing a necklace that day. And I am not kidding you. We sat on that couch and then, or I was sitting on the couch. She was on the chair. And right after we heard that, the kick on the garbage can, we're sitting there kind of looking at each other like, well, that was weird. You know, when we were commenting about how it was weird and her necklace 
that had like this little I don't know I, I can't remember what it was on there but it had like a little thing on the the bottom part of it that moved around the chain like it was a piece that you could have I hope you know what I mean but anyway that got picked up and you could see it slide to the side like it was picked up off of her chest and slid over to the side and was held up for a second and then dropped and we both were just blown away and we didn't feel scared we didn't feel like we were okay what is going on what is happening here and she instantly just went oh my gosh I think your dad is here I think he wants us to know he's here because we were talking about him at that moment when that happened like we had we were just talking about him so that's where she was like oh my gosh I think that's your dad so I thought that was kind of cool I don't know I mean that for me was kind of like a wholesome one and I've had moments like that too where I've been sitting around or I'll be doing something and I'll feel like like somebody touches my shoulder or something like there's some kind of a communication in some way that like hey there's someone here with you and when I usually when I have those I don't get nervous I don't feel scared you know you don't there's just like a comforting feeling around around it and I'm sure maybe you know maybe it is my mind playing tricks on me maybe it's just you know my my subconscious making me believe that there's something there that isn't there but a part of me really and it it brings me comfort and I think that that's why I want to believe that it is a paranormal experience that I want to believe it's an encounter with him it's comforting really okay and I have to I, I could just talk about the same nonsense repeatedly on that one so I have to move on so then her next question awesome question have you ever partook in a ghost hunting tour or experience oh okay yeah tour or experience I have not I have not like as far as like a group one goes I have not I've never went on a ghost tour someplace there are a couple of them that I have on a list of things I want to do because there are a couple of ghost tours um uh, well in Deadwood they have ghost tours we did an episode on Deadwood we'll probably do more on Deadwood but they have ghost tours and I I'd love to go on one of those because I think that would be that'd be really fun and then there's um there's a couple places actually there's a place in Georgia that I want to go they have ghost tours too that seems like it might be kind of fun um now as far as like like ghost hunting like I'm assuming that's what she means by like experiences I've never done anything like that in a group setting either but well unless you count my kids as a group which maybe I'm sure you could but I mean as far as like professional ghost hunting like with with an actual paranormal group no I have never done anything like that it'd be cool and I would not be against it I guess I've never really looked into it and I'm sure there's a way that you could maybe it might be something I have to look into because that that would be kind of fun to be able to do something like that with an actual paranormal group and and then just do a podcast on like our evidence and our experiences and stuff that happened that'd be kind of fun but no I've never done that in like a professional setting and it would be it'd be cool though 
I know I've said that like five times, but it would be really fun. I have, like I said, I've done like a spirit box with like my kids and stuff like that. And we've like, you know, we've tried, we've done EVP recording and stuff before like in our house because we are, we are just like dead set on there's, there's something in our house or maybe it's the land that our house is sitting on. I don't know, but we feel like there's, there's, there's some kind of a spirit there. Um, yeah, it'd be really cool to do that though. I think it'd be really fun. So she had a couple more questions also, but, um, a couple of them I was able to tie in, you know, to the, to the answers to the ones that I've already, uh, given. And, um, I didn't want this to be like a super, super long Q and a episode. So I have left some of them out, but they're good questions. They're really awesome. And I thought it was really interesting that she has like, you know, she's listened to these episodes and went, Hey, I kind of want to know a little bit more about you. I kind of want to know a little bit more about your passion behind this. And that's, this last one is, uh, you, you spoke about why you believe in paranormal experiences, but do you believe that you have like a passion into the paranormal world, uh, or for the paranormal world? And I do, I, I believe to a point that you could consider it a passion. Uh, I really enjoy reading different articles about different studies, people saying, oh yeah, it's absolutely true. And oh no, it's absolutely not true. I love having discussions about different uh, theories on spirits and the spirit world. And, you know, is it real? Is it not real? How, you know, why does it exist? Why do we experience these things? I absolutely love having those kind of discussions. In fact, my daughter and I were having a discussion about spirits and like, uh, the different realms in which they connect and and whatnot. It's, I, I can't really explain how it even got brought up, but we were talking about these different theories and ideas and I, I kicked myself. I was like, why was I not recording this for the podcast while we're talking about this? This would have been a great discussion. Um, I believe like we were talking about the, you know, you, you have so many different people, um, who experience so many different things. And when you're in the spirit world, like, is there actually a heaven and hell? Like, is that an actual thing? Or is it like, is our afterlife, do we, are we still able to communicate with the living and in the world that we used to be in, you know, as spirits, because our afterlife is connected and we believe like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to explain this. Uh, when we're alive, we believe that, you know, a lot of people believe I shouldn't say we, because not everyone does, but a lot of people believe that there is a heaven and a hell and we have our own thoughts on it. Like hell is this very hot place and there's lots of evil, there's torture, there's, there's, you know, just negativity. It's a bad place. It's just naughty, you know, (laughs) naughty, horrible word to use. And then heaven being the the nice place where you, you know, are, you're in the afterlife, you, you get your angel wings and it's just this beautiful, peaceful place. And you know, that's where you are. Do we 
as living people and living spirits and living souls. If you believe in that and then you pass on and you go to one place or the other, is it because you thought that that's where you were going to go and it's your version? Like it's not an actual place, but it's your version of what you think the place is and that's what your afterlife pertains to. And that's why we see a lot of like uh, negative forces and negative entities and like the shadow people because those are the people who believe they're in hell but are actually interacting with the the living world type thing you know or the and vice versa with the people who believe they're in heaven um it's usually good experiences and it's usually you know there's communication and there's just there's not as much of a scary aspect behind it uh I don't know like but we were talking about that and like you know are we all obviously people I believe people are able to communicate to with spirits on like a spiritual plane or in this realm like do we just never leave here is this our afterlife also but we're just stuck in that moment in time we can see everything movie you know move beyond us and when we lived we can see things change we can see things you know happen but we are we're stuck in that point in time when we passed in this world in this reality just on a different plane like on a spiritual plane that we can sometimes cross into a reality I it's really weird and I could go on about that for hours and confuse a lot of people because I don't quite know how to express yet I've really got to think about how I'm trying to express this so I can get it out but I do enjoy those conversations I do I love talking about it with people I love even skeptics they're like no absolutely there's no such thing it's like when you're when you're dead you're dead there's no afterlife there's no spirits it's just there's nothing I even people who do not believe in that I absolutely still love having those conversations with people because I I enjoy hearing other people's perspectives and points of view I really do I think that that's a lot of fun And it's a lot of fun sometimes to listen to a skeptic's reasoning and listening to their belief in how it's not real. You know, why they are so adamant in believing. I'm sorry, I pronounced that wrong. You know what I meant. But why why they are so, you know, why their beliefs are so strong. And no, this is absolutely not real. This cannot happen. Because sometimes you are able to change their mind. Sometimes you're not. But sometimes they bring up good points that then, even if you are a believer, gives you another thing to question. Gives you another avenue to go down to try to eliminate a possibility. So I think that that's fun. But yes, so yes, I do believe that I am very passionate about paranormal experiences, ghosts, spirits, that I... I do believe with these topics, I am. I am passionate about them. Maybe passionate is a little bit of a stronger word, but I do like them a lot. I really do. There's a lot that can be talked about, you know, in these topics and with these topics. And I think that that's why it's so enjoyable. And there's so many different perspectives. There are so many different perspectives that it's a lot of interesting Uh, comments that come in and a lot of interesting thoughts and and ways to think 
about these things are introduced to you when you speak to someone, believer or not, when, when it's on these topics. And I think that's why I like it because it doesn't, and I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't believe that this is a topic that has ever really made someone not talk to someone. Like, I don't believe, it's not like politics where people stop talking to their family and stuff over this. They just kind of look at you and go, oh, you're kooky. <laughs> they might they might judge you a little bit if they don't believe the same thing you believe. But it's not such a, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a topic that is fun and interesting to speak about and to talk about, converse about, discuss. But it's not going to make people hate you. Well shouldn't make people hate you (laughs) should correct that statement (laughs) yeah but yeah so I mean she this is this is fun I I know that this isn't a normal episode this isn't necessarily exactly what I do with these episodes but like I said you guys I was I I was having a bit of a moment (laughs) with my arm and the pain I'm feeling from it. So I thought that this is kind of fun and interesting to do. Um, But remember, I did talk about in the last one, I have been speaking with a wonderful woman who is going to do an interview with me at some point. She has a very busy schedule. So we are trying to figure out a time that works for both of us that she can, you know, give her undivided attention and have a you know, so we can actually have a great conversation and she can answer some of those questions from the psychic and mediums episode that I had that I kind of left unanswered and kind of left everyone with. I'm really excited to hear her perspective. She is a psychic medium. She is awesome. She does Facebook live videos and she has, you know, a setup and she's not just on Facebook. That's just one of the platforms that she uses to, to reach out to people. You know, she has, um, one-on-one specials that she will do with people. She's, she's a wonderful person. And I really love that she was so open and upfront about, yes, absolutely. Cause one of the questions is, you know, if somebody wants to book a session with somebody who says that they are a medium or a psychic medium, what are some of the things that they should be aware of, you know, so that they're not being scammed or, you know, so that they're not being lied to. And she was, she offered a great insight into that. Um, and of course, I mean, it was a simple between us conversation and she, she loved that I was open and, um, mindful of the fact that people do get scammed in, in those areas and that she really thought that that was, that was a great question. She's like, Oh, that's so wonderful. And I love that you're saying, Hey, what are some pointers that we can ask somebody before we, we book with it, before we spend our money. So we're not being, you know, cheated out of money and stuff. And, and I mean, so we've had a a little conversation. She is such a wonderful woman and I cannot wait for this episode to happen. It's just going to take a little bit of time because like I said, she's very busy. So, but we are working on it. We are working on that. So, um, I do have, I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to come up with some more you guys. So if you have an idea or you, you have a story or, um, uh, a, a figure or something that you want to know more about, or you'd like to hear an episode on, that's where you go over to anchor.fm slash bump in the night with Jamie, J A Y M E slash message and leave me that voice message so that we can do this. And if you would like to do what this 
this lovely lady, she, she did ask me not to, she, she, she did ask me, you know, not to say her email address. I don't, so I won't. Um, but I can say her name. Her name was Jane, which was awesome. And she was really excited because her name is spelled like mine, just with an N instead of an M. So awesome, Jane. Um, she gave me her email address and asked if we could email so she could write me these questions. Of course. And if that's something you'd like to do, you know, Hey, I have a story or a topic that I'd like to, you know, you to do an episode on, but can I, you know, can you email me and leave me your email address? I will certainly email you. I would love to hear those things. That's awesome. So get over there and leave those messages, you guys. I, cause I love them. I absolutely love them. And also new thing happening. I have started a Patreon page. If you guys are liking uh, these this podcast and if you want to help me, you know, continue to help me make it grow and to really reach more people, keep sharing, keep getting the word out, keep telling people about this podcast and sending them over so that they can listen. But you can also visit uh, my Patreon page. Uh, which is patreon.com slash bump in the night with Jamie. And you can subscribe. There are five tiers that you can pledge to. And a couple of them offer merchandise. Some of them offer a shout out in the episode where you can, your name will be said at either at the beginning or the end of these episodes. And I am working on uploading these on YouTube as a podcast so that the, when the patrons that, Uh, the patrons, sorry, that have pledged in these different tiers that are set up, you will always have a shout out because your name will be listed throughout that entire video as a supporter. So if that's something you're interested in, you want to check it out, head over to patreon.com slash bump in the night with Jamie. You can check that out. You can see the pledge levels, uh, kind of awesome. And like I said, it's just the start. It's just new right now. There's always going to be, it's, I'm, I'm continuing to get this growing. I I'm trying to make it bigger and better you guys. So help me with that. Keep helping me with that. You guys have been awesome. And I, I do, I love getting the messages. I love hearing these things. It's really awesome. So please keep it up. Keep doing this. You guys, it's amazing. Um, and I promise next week I will have a better episode. I promise. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you guys, thank you again. I can't thank you enough. We're going to wrap up this episode today. Uh, and I guess uh, we'll, we'll talk in the next one, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll bring you a better, we'll bring you an actual story or a haunting next time. I promise. So (laughs) thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. I do. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your support. Thank you all. This is great. You guys are awesome. So let's keep it growing, right? And yeah, and until the next one, happy haunting. <laughs>